Hello, and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Nick. And I'm Shannon. And we are your co-hosts. And this week, um, we're leaning into the and more (laughs) segment. Um, I'm going to be talking about, uh, loosely speaking, warrior magic. And a little bit about Bologna, the Roman goddess of war. Um, but go Bologna. Uh, in the style of a mid 2010s BuzzFeed listicle. How fun! Woo! Um, and I'm talking about a plant that, like Bologna's priestesses loved, Belladonna. And it's this has been a fun one because uh, there <laughs> Nick and I were talking about this before the show. There's that fun balance between wanting to talk about the plant and then also being like yeah but we should be responsible and this is one that like still kills people um but also fun facts i have belladonna as part of one of my tattoos and i'm like we're posting the youtube videos now so i guess i can kind of like finagle this so people that like go and watch the video can see so it's part of my nightmare before christmas tattoo but it is a hundred percent the belladonna flowers and berries so i do love her i i love her but you gotta respect her and we'll talk about that i guess (laughs) righto um well before we dive into all of that juicy goodness when did you feel the magic this week? God, you know, this has been a crazy week. I have been going slowly feral because my partner has been in Salt Lake City for Sundance. Um, but I think for me, it's really been like a very magical pet time. So like we um, we did some pet sitting for our neighbors and I got to spend some time with like two other dogs that I don't always see. You can hear my dog huffing because she's in the room with me right now. And I don't know, there's something about just like bonding with other people's pets that makes me feel like a truly powerful, magical person. (laughs) Oh, no doubt. Like, I love when I go to a random person's house or like, you know, go to someone's house for the first time and their animals are just on me. Yeah. Yeah. I like feel like I made a special bond with one of my neighbor's dogs. And so that was my magic of the week. (laughs) Um, so mine, I think, has to do with timing, because we did have this episode planned about um, warrior magic, and so it's kind of been bouncing around in my head, uh, specifically, well, we'll get into it later on, um, sort of which zodiac signs would win in a fight with other zodiac signs. I'm so excited for this, because y'all, Nick and I haven't, like, pre-shared our notes on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and the timing, the timing on this. So I got this note. I got this note. I'll kind of hold it up. I I did tear it up, but then I was like, ooh, no, I should share this with the class. And I'm going to read it aloud for you, like a poem, a little poetry reading. Okay. I I was going to get my little coffee this morning. And, And um, (laughs) uh, of course, of course. And um, I I found this note on my door, so I'll I'll, uh, read it for you guys. Can you shut the fuck up when you're on your balcony at 4 (laughs) a.m.? You are way louder than you think you are. 
Wow, someone was trying to fight with you. Someone was trying to fight with me. But okay, so let's get into it. Let's absolutely get into this because, first of all, which sign do you think? I mean, this handwriting is giving. Like, it's very good, sort of tidy handwriting, right? Yeah. Um, but also, the way the paper is just so loosely uh, pulled out of, the, of a notebook, you know? Like, they haven't even taken the little, the little edges all the way off. Um, I'm just going to show you and see this partially, partially torn off. Um, so you are, you are losing a few points there. But then the fact that it was um, folded so neatly and then taped, it was taped up. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's giving Manic Virgo to me. I, but I mean, maybe that's just me. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely was thinking maybe Manic Virgo. But I, I think a Virgo, truly, like a Manic Virgo would just have yelled up that's actually probably true because when i get mad i get um more vocal than people might realize about it like i'm not shy about yelling at people no 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 but uh <laughs> I, I did i did think the timing on that was just so uh everything and also i think for everyone out there an important uh thing to note is that um, it is Sunday when we are recording this. And so last night was Saturday night. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, um, this might not be, I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast. When uh, Nick and I lived together, there was a housewarming party where we got something crazy, like 42 noise complaints. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a problem. We're also loud people. Nick and I are both very loud. Um, so, you know whatever be forewarned but that is hilarious who what are you thinking zodiac sign wise um i was thinking because of the passive aggressiveness of it all perhaps cancer Ooh, okay that's actually very fair and i i do have my mars in cancer speaking of like fighting yeah so i can kind of relate to that um as someone who often thinks about leaving people passive aggressive notes. Now I've never gotten a passive aggressive note like this. We did have a neighbor one time and I would just say, I respect this so much more, but we did have a neighbor one time sort of walk up underneath our balcony and be like, Hey, can you keep it down? I can yeah. hear you through my window. No problemo, bud. I respect the fuck out of that. We'll go inside. Yeah. Uh, easy peasy. But, but the note, the little, the handwritten, but uh, not, can you be quieter? And, you know, this is not like a second, a second warning, you know, like they've already said something. Yeah. First, first contact. Okay. First contact. Can you shut the fuck up? I I'm sorry. Can you please shut the fuck up? Yeah. Like, do we like, are manners dead? Do we, do we not know manners? Um, That's hilarious. Can I mean, you shut the fuck up, please? Thank you. Please and thank you. I, but I also get it because, well, I, my, my Mars, I is pretty sure my Mars is also in Virgo. I definitely had an incident 
with my um with my neighbors once my old neighbors who were like these college kids who were having a very loud party and left their back patio door open and we have a courtyard where things bounce around and I remember I just like walked out into the courtyard stepped into their living room through the back door that was open and said hey it's fucking loud and turned around and closed their door for them so you know when I get tired my Virgo Mars is like hi excuse me no but really but literally the 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 physical walk up the the face-to-face interaction I respect the fuck out of that that's true. I'm like, if you're going to be confrontational, just be confrontational. Like, Because I would like to know, truly, I'm like, uh, between my two neighbors, uh, I'm like, is it the neighbor whose dog barking wakes me up when I'm trying to sleep uh, for, for my schedule with work? Um, or is it the upstairs neighbor, perhaps, who uh, seems to like vacuum their hardwood floors at six in the morning every day. Um. I mean, that's the thing about neighbors. And I'm so glad that like I'm friends with most of our neighbors and those like college kids moved out because, oh my God, one time we share. So the wall that I'm recording in front of in my bedroom, this wall is shared with another room from those former college students And I remember at one point they had all just gotten really drunk and we always like Eric and I always joke about their gay friend because he yelled one night at 2 a.m. It's because I'm gay. And I just remember very distinctly hearing that like through the wall and we were just like, okay, gay friend, can you also shut the fuck up? Um, I'm definitely. Can you shut the fuck up? Can you shut the fuck up? Please, you're right. Because I'm also the like I will I beat on the wall when they wouldn't be quiet. Yeah, and like truly, 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 no problem. Okay, I'm just literally like the note. It's kind of hilarious. It's giving. It's giving. Um. Also, I, I like we're just talking. I mean, I guess we were probably being kind of loud, but um, I'm I'm I love this note. It's a beautiful poem. Um, what do we want to do? Do we want to do Belladonna or do we want to do Battle Royale? Um, let's start with Belladonna so we can like really spend some time on Battle Royale because oh, this is I, I'm like the listicle vibe, I'm into it. Um, this um, is gonna be so much better, I will say, than like any sort of sports bracket. Oh, that has ever me. existed. Sports ball ain't got shit on this oh. battle royale. All right. Um let's get into so- it. So yeah, so Belladonna is a heavy hitter, y'all. It's probably, I think, one of the most famous, like, witch herbs. And it has a very interesting history. Um, But the name. So Atropa Belladonna, right off the bat, we're getting some info, right? So Atropa (laughs) comes from Atropos, uh, the Greek fate. She's the one with the little scissors who cut the, the thread of life. Of course, of course you know, kind of a big deal. And then Belladonna is actually, so it's the Italian for beautiful women because, or beautiful woman, because there was this like fun beauty practice in Rome where people would make the Belladonna eye drops to blow out your pupils because they were like, oh, that's hot and not crazy looking. Because (laughs) I guess the idea is they're like, well, yeah, your pupils dilate when you're horny. 
And it's like, sure. But I imagine that that's like a little bit more subtle than the Belladonna blown out pupil. Maybe just me. I'm like, it feels a little crazed. They they really love that just took a bump of Molly look. Right? They're just like, um, if I can see the irises, I need more. <laughs> <laughs> so Atropa Belladonna is native to Southern, Central, and Eastern Europe, as well as North Africa, Turkey, Iran, and the Caucasus. But it's really all over the world now. Um, it loves like limestone soil, like really uh, calcified soil. So even though it grows some in Britain, you're really only finding it in specific areas. And it's the same in the U.S. It really does need a lot of like lime chalky soil. So that's something if you're going to grow it, which we'll talk about in a minute to keep in mind. But I again, up top, all parts of this plant are toxic. Uh, the berries are the things you really have to watch out for, but if you grow it, you also have to wear gloves when you're cultivating it because the leaves can cause like dermatitis type reactions. But the berries are the problem because they look tasty as fuck. And that's where we like run into issues, right? It actually only takes two berries to kill a kid. And that happens still because they're tempting and children are stupid um because they don't have you know that life experience thing and uh the ones that try belladonna might not get any more life experience they're also really dangerous for domesticated animals so like birds and cattle and stuff can eat the berries and be fine but it will kill cats and dogs so you know if you're gonna grow it this is one that like you really have to be careful with placement you know don't just like put this out in the backyard and hope for the best especially if you live somewhere with you know maybe stray cats that wander around things like that so symptoms of poisoning we're gonna go through this include rapid heartbeat dilated pupils ao delirium vomiting hallucinations and ultimately death caused by respiratory failure fun Right. So there also, are I'm looking I'm looking at these berries and um I would just say as a child I would try to eat these. Hundred percent. Like they look fucking tasty. They're super shiny too, which is yeah. like, oh, that can't be bad for you. It's so pretty. It's like a because... candy. Yeah, you're an idiot child. So <laughs> there I love going through I have this great book that I got from my neighbors whose dogs I was watching because I I love them very much. It's called Wicked Plants: The Weed That Killed Lincoln's Mother and Other Botanical Atrocities, which is just so much fun. It's uh etchings and like different stories of all of these plants. And so I love I love 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 this book like the mandrake drawing in it is really pretty. But the Belladonna section is fun because it tells a few stories, right? So first, there was this elderly woman that kept showing up. Like, every fall, this woman would show up in the ER and she'd be really sick and she would have hallucinations. And eventually, like, after a few years, uh, the doctors are like, dude, what the fuck? Like, what is happening Something is wrong with this lady because after a few days, it would just like resolve itself, right? So her daughter brought in some of the berries from this woman's hedge and lo and behold, she had been fucking eating deadly nightshade. So lucky for this old lady, she didn't die. 
Um, <laughs> but that could have very easily been the case. So I just love the idea of this like old lady just like showing up in the ER every year because she was snacking on her hedge berries. Um, there's also the story of a couple that baked a pie of belladonna because they mistakenly used belladonna berries instead of um in, instead of bilberries, which I guess they thought looked the same. They don't look the same. Um there's I feel like there's a pretty significant difference. But there's in Turkey, they did this review of like a six-year period, and they found that 49 kids were poisoned either, you know, moderately to death from from belladonna and primarily from eating the berries out of curiosity again kids and yeah. early uh, early physicians had this really awesome recipe for an anesthetic where they would mix belladonna henbane hemlock mandrake and opium and you know you hear about that and you're like wow um it's truly shocking that early surgery didn't have better survival <laughs> so it, it does love like again shady areas it likes that chalky soil but but what does she look like you know it's like you might think about where she's going to show up but what does she look like so it is and give me a minute because this is a mouthful she is a branching herbaceous perennial rhizomatous hemicryptophyte <laughs> so say that 10 times fast it's fucking a lot but the plants can get up to seven feet tall. Usually they hit around five feet, but like just big girl. And the leaves, they're ovate and up to seven inches long. So I always, when I was little, imagined Belladonna being a small plant. She's not a small plant. She's a big girl. So the flowers are bell-shaped and they're this gorgeous, like deep purple that have kind of a yellow green tinge toward the base. And they flower in like, july and august and then they form the berries in september and october and the berries are green when they're ripening but again they turn beautiful shiny black but it's important to know that the berries of the belladonna are somewhat flattened which is kind of important if you're trying to distinguish it from its much less poisonous relative solanum nigrum or black nightshade because that one has berries that are like perfectly spherical but they have like a dull kind of finish as opposed to the super shiny luster you get with belladonna so it's just like kind of a a thing you can keep an eye on if you're trying to determine you know how poisonous the poisonous thing you have is and again this isn't one that a lot of people grow in their gardens um for maybe obvious reasons i hope they're obvious reasons <laughs> to you at this point but if you do want to grow it, uh, you have to cold stratify it, right? So you can put the seeds in a small bowl of water in your fridge and just change the water every day for a couple of weeks and then plant them because they also can get like really hard on the outside. And interestingly enough, like this is one that only has like a 40% germination rate, which is kind of low, but they found that plants that, um or the seeds that are at least a year old actually have higher um germination rates which you know i guess weird but fun interesting fact so you can also plant the berries directly but again be careful with that because like the berries look like treats and you know dogs and cats dig shit up that's kind of one of the things they're known for it's like kind of their thing 
digging things up out of the ground. Uh, and if you put a tasty little berry in there and yeah. you have a curious kitty, so it it likes really partial shade. You can get up into full sun, but you have to be careful because if it's in like too much direct sun, it can actually increase the level of alkaloids in it. So, you know, be careful about where you put it because you could make a poisonous plant extra poisonous if it's getting too much sun. It's a fun one. Um, it Again, it, it likes an alkaline soil, though, like one with some limestone in it. So if you're growing it in a planter, one of the recommendations I saw is to actually, like, line the bottom of the planter with chalk or limestone to, like, give it that boost. But you can buy powdered limestone. People that grow roses do all sorts of crazy shit. Um, and hydrangeas. Like, these people that get into growing, like, beautiful flowers, like, really, there are so many, like, soil amendments you can buy. <laughs> so... Again, belladonna, super poisonous. And why is it associated with witches? Um, high flying ointments. It's one of those. It's one of those. It makes you trip balls. But also, I, I love that it's also, the, it said that the plant belongs to the devil, right? So because the devil tends to belladonna all year, except for on Walpurgis, when he prepares for the witch's Sabbath. So it's it's also the devil's plant, which we know historically the witches and the devil fucking, right? Yeah, they're kind fucking, of their they're thing. Like that, you know. Yeah, they're like scissoring constantly. And I know we're gonna talk about Bologna, but Bologna, the Roman goddess of war, her priestesses would drink an infusion of it before they worshipped and invoked the goddess. And yeah, it'll make you trip balls. But again, tripping balls is definitely a sign of poisoning. So be wary. Also, I mean, um, you know, apparently you just trip balls when you're about to die. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's some interesting correlations there. She is associated with Hecate and Circe and De Bologna. Um, but this might not shock you all. She's a Saturnian plant. Uh, Belladonna is very Saturnian traditionally magically she's associated with like astral projection divination things that make your brain funky so i would say if you want to like work with it magically this is one where i'm like get to know the spirit of the plant you know there's some people that talk about like the spirit of belladonna being like a dark haired dark eyed woman you know that's kind of the vibe that a lot of people get from her and i think it's it's such a beautiful plant with such an interesting, rich history of use in, you know, things like wines to make you trip balls. Um, of course, it's always been a popular poison and assassins would actually like slowly give themselves very low doses of belladonna. So like, you know, they could use them like they could pretend to be food tasters and then poison people using belladonna because then they could taste it and they'd be fine because they had a little bit every day. Um <laughs> So I think, again, it's one that I'm like, maybe draw pictures of it. Like, have really cool Belladonna artwork. Be near Belladonna uh, in nature if you find it. But, like, maybe don't grow it because most of us live in kind of urban areas with pets. And I want a poison garden. I don't know that I would grow Belladonna unless I lived in the middle of nowhere, though. Because pets i'm like human children whatever teach them better but like my dog eats anything on the ground 
anything. It doesn't matter if she's supposed to or not. Like, that is irrelevant. I've definitely seen her eat um, the little seeds from something that was growing in. Oh, yeah. I forget which. There's, like, a tree that releases these, like, little berry seeds. A little crunchy little, yeah. And she'll eat them. And they're not, like, poisonous enough to make her sick, like, to kill her. But she'll eat them. And if she eats more than, like, two or three, she pukes. But then she'll do it again. And, like, no matter what we do, we try so hard. Like, obviously, we're not just, like, letting our dog eat berries. But dogs that eat things they're not supposed to are fast. (laughs) Like, notoriously. She just, like, gets in there and then they're gone. And it's like, what the fuck, Willow? So I I love Belladonna. I think she's beautiful. I think she's got a gorgeous lore and a gorgeous history. And we know that witches love the devil. Witches love tripping balls on flying ointments. Um, some people have traditionally used it for herbal medicine, but I'm not going to recommend that. I think there are much better treatments for your IBS than belladonna. <laughs> so get you some chamomile. Um, also, though, it's like if you want to work with belladonna, maybe like invoke the spirit of her, but then work with something like mugwort that kind of has similar associations and similar deity relationships but also won't potentially kill you and your kitties. So um, my sources today, obviously Wicked Plants, um, the Poison Path Herbal, I love it, Bacopi Michael, uh, Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, um, Herbarium, Wikipedia, the Federal Drug Enforcement Agency has some interesting stuff on belladonna. Uh, It's also illegal to grow belladonna in parts of the world, just fun facts. So um, if you're not one of our U.S. listeners, check that out. There's a lot of really fun lore about it, though. So if you want to, like, go down a rabbit hole about a plant, I think belladonna is a fun one. But I'm I'm keeping it, like, kind of short and sweet today because I just... This is what I struggled with, where I think it's fascinating, but I also really want to make sure, as, like, an herbalist and as people on a podcast, that we're being responsible about the information that we provide and, like, things that we talk about. Um, because I don't want y'all to poison yourselves. I know you're smart, but there are lots of not smart people and maybe some not smart people listen to this once in a while. And I don't want them to go rub themselves down with belladonna because they want to try an old school flying ointment. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Be careful. She's pretty, but respect. (laughs) Mad respect. Well, um, I do love when we get to talk about poisons though. Me too. Me too. I love it. I Again, I really want a poison garden. And if I get my old Victorian house in the middle of nowhere, then yeah, I'll probably grow some belladonna in like a secluded, fenced off part of my yard that my dog's not allowed in. Because and, and, and you'll just, you know, throw the dead squirrels over the fence. Exactly. Exactly. Get rid of them. You know, I don't want the animals to eat them <laughs> and then get poisoning. Um <laughs> But yeah, also, uh, Belladonna really makes me think of practical magic. No, truly. That's like, yeah. Also, we should just buy that house. Like, we'll, we should just pitch it. You're right. You're right. This is obviously the answer that I don't know. It's the most obvious thing that I don't know why we haven't talked about we'll before. Just pay, we'll just pitch in and buy the practical magic house. Yeah. Casual. Super cash. <laughs> um, okay. So, a um, bit of a combo segment today, a bit of a combo segment, because when I was doing my research about Bologna, um, if you kind of filter out all of the really great 
uh, sort of Renaissance paintings and motifs, um, which has nothing to do with her as a goddess. Um, you know, this isn't an art history podcast. Uh, uh, y'all wish. Oh my well, God. Can I just say, I've tried listening to art history podcasts and there's something that's really difficult about talking about art in an audio medium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Challenging. <laughs> Truly, yeah. Um, but no, so Bologna was the Roman goddess of war. And I mean, you know, Rome went to war a lot. Yeah, it was like kind of their thing. It was kind of their thing. They were like really into it. Okay, but um, the sort of devoted wife of Ares, the god of war. Can, can I just say the ovaries of steel it takes to just like fuck with Aries regularly. Well, that is the thing. That is the thing, is it not? Because okay, so there's sort of seven documented sites that they um, sort of identify with the worship of Bologna. One of which, as far away from Rome uh, as York, England. Wow, that's a that's a that's a bit of a hike. Um, so, like, one of their main churches, I believe it's called St. James's Cathedral in York, do not quote me on that, um, is built on sort of the site of the old Bologna Temple. Um, but, so they do, there, there is one in Rome as well. And actually, even the devotees of Bologna were kind of scared shitless of her. It was not, you know, like, sort of do the right thing and you'll be rewarded you know sort of that kind of temperament um just really kind of seen as unstable (laughs) Uh, i mean her priestesses did just like poison themselves for fun and uh they i mean trigger warning self-harm but they would cut their arms and legs until they bled so they had a blood play king yeah, definitely they were doing, like, blood play. Um, But yeah, so, like, even the people who kind of worship Bologna were sort of scared shitless of her. Um, I mean, obviously the Roman Empire spread throughout the known world at the time. So in that way, it seems like they were successful, <clears throat> you know, in petitioning her for some victories. But it, even still was kind of seen as um, unstable and sort of uh, unattached to her followers. a bit unhinged. (laughs) Maybe a bit unhinged. Um, But yeah, I think the, you know, sort of the main interesting bit I could find about Bologna was that people were literally, like, giving themselves, like, hundreds of little cuts so they were just bleeding everywhere. And that was one of the like main sacrifices they would do in her honor. So cool. Cool, uh, cool, cool. But also I think, you know, um, in a world that's kind of constantly at war uh, in some form or another, you know, it's not really something we want to glorify. No. In 2023. So, you know, I I don't think this is really a deity that people are, like, just champing at the bit to work with. Yeah. Um, so, moving on. Battle Royale time. Okay. I 
I'm so pumped for this. Y'all, when Nick texted me yesterday about this, I was like, oh my God, yes, this is going to be so much fun. So what I do want to say is that kind of going into this, I did have this idea about, um, you know, sort of the the warrior spirit. I feel like this was sort of meant to be kind of a, a an episode going into the new calendar year, which we are a few weeks behind because holidays, blah, 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 blah. Um, so this is kind of coming out more towards the end of January. But I think kind of the idea is that, you know, as witches, something that we can take from that culture is really like the self-discipline. I have no self-discipline. But, you know, yeah. there there is sort of this common thread when you're like doing that uh, as a job, I guess, as an occupation, where it's really about like just paring everything down to the essentials and really just like, having that focus and that self-discipline and just like, you know, like. Yeah. From your very ADHD podcast hosts. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Both of us, I think, have um, that fun ADHD tendency to, you know, not be so good at the focus unless it's hyper-focused on something that's <laughs> irrelevant to like your day job. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, I think um, aspirationally, I think that is yeah. good energy. I also think, you know, witchcraft is political. Uh, war is political. Um, I think, you know, that there is something to sort of knowing what you would fight for. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that that's a really good point. And I love, I love this for you as an Aries. Yeah, With a and... Uh, with uh, again, your Mars and Cancer, Nick's like soft boy Martian placement as a Mars ruled sun sign. Yeah, I love uh, it. We're 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 out here. All right, we're struggling. <laughs> we're struggling. You're you're leaving passive aggressive notes on people's doors. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> hold on. I'm just gonna read this one more time. It really is just the most beautiful poem that's ever been written. Shakespeare could never. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Okay. Can you shut the fuck up when you're on your balcony at 4 a.m.? You are way louder than you think you are. Um, anyway, sorry. I've this is also really rabbit traily today, guys. I'm like my speaking of ADHD, my brain has been not behaving this weekend. So forgive me. Well, I think we're all kind of feeling it. You know, it's like Leo New Moon. I I vibe with it, but also I'm just kind of like, I'm tired, y'all. I I'm so sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so um, kind of going into the Battle Royale segment, because I thought it would just be fun not to glorify combat, but um, to really let my, my Ares son loose. Um, so this is, this is the concept I came up with. So before we get into it, I did want to talk about um, some cool mythological weapons, too. So um, I think, or like uh, weapons, powers... You know, so um, I did want to say I think an underrated one is Pan's sort of blood-curdling scream. Oh my god! Um, yes. So it was said that Pan did a scream, 
uh, and the entire Persian army panicked and ran away. <laughs> so that's that's a really sort of effective way to win a battle. I mean, I love it. And a good, like, modern American association with that is, like, the Carolina Banshees, which it's, like, this cryptid that's said to have a terrifying scream, but most people are like, it's probably panthers. Y'all Google a panther screaming. It sounds like a woman being murdered. Oh, my God. But also, yeah, it's, like, this sort of, like, primordial scream. Yeah, and I can see, like, because you can imagine that pan scream is like that times like a hundred. Right, right, right. And I'm like, a panther screaming would make me piss myself if I was <laughs> right. like alone. So I'm like, yeah, pan scream, fucking horrifying. Uh, and pan is the root of panic, the word, the idea. Um, so uh, an underrated, uh, you know, the anxiety of it all. Um, anxiety as a weapon. Love that. Oh my um, god, as a Virgo, I'm crying. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about sort of an iconic one too, though, which is Poseidon's trident. Um, so you know, we're controlling storms, we're controlling the sea, we're controlling sea creatures, which is a little Aquaman, but um, you know, Aquaman, I think, is supposed to be sort of like related to Poseidon or like poseidon uh was an aquaman like in you know the the made-up story of aquaman um anyway trident yeah um you know ariel's dad it's a cool weapon yeah sort of the, pit, mean... the pitchfork of the sea yeah i i love it and i i think that like on the other side of that is like the Bident. Are you going to talk about Hades's Bident? Uh, well, no, no, no. Because I was going to say, um, so the same maker of, you know, there's Poseidon's trident, Pluto's helmet, and Zeus's lightning bolts all come from mm. the same maker. Yeah. Um. So I mean, a helmet. It isn't really a weapon. I, I think that's, you know, sort of, you know, the concept there of people are out to get you. You want a little protection. Yeah. Fair. Fair. But also, but also the lightning bolts. Let's, I mean, let's just talk about, like, how o OP is that? Like, dude can just throw lightning bolts because he's, like, the sky god. But, like, truly, do you need that? I mean... But if you can, why not? If you can, why not? I did, um, although, you know, not really warfare, but um, Artemis and Apollo's bows and arrows. Ooh, yes. Uh, we all love, we all love a twink elf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Twinky elf vibes. Also, I, I mean, you know, hun you know, the huntress wizard herself. Yeah. Artemis um, would not want to go against her. No. Because I feel like with the hunting skills, that's like stealthy. That's like ambush vibes. Like, you are not going to know that she is after you until there is an arrow sticking out of your back. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I'm like also on like the non-Greek side, Mjolnir. 
I was going to talk about Mjolnir. Oh, good, yes. good. Um, because we absolutely have to. The freaking hammer. The fucking hammer. But I, I do like that, um, especially in Norse mythology, and of course this makes sense. It's like Mjolnir is like a weapon, but also used to like consecrate and provide blessings because it's like such a warrior people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and then it's like, you know, all the jewelry, but also... I do love a hammer as a weapon. Like, people who had literal swords and battle axes, like, their greatest yeah. hero that they look up to uses a hammer. A hammer. A hammer. A big-ass hammer <laughs> that was created when Loki <laughs> challenged some fucking, like, dwarves to make the most intense, like, cool shit they could. Because Loki. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, you know, some very iconic weapons from mythology, and also, you know, I, I do want to say sort of, like, Perseus's mirror shield. Mm. Yeah, I mean, also, let like, big ups to Medusa just being a weapon. Yeah, yeah. Like, gotta love a woman who is a weapon, because, um, rapist should be turned into stone statues and shattered yeah fair Seems i think fair. that i think that's super fair i do think that's <laughs> super fair um although you know it's sort of like medusa being a weapon after her um untimely demise you know just kind of using her head for its magical properties as a weapon right it's it's interesting. It's almost like the poor woman just continued to be just, used. Uh, leave my girl alone. Y'all, back the fuck off of Medusa. Let her rest. <laughs> she needs a nap. Um, I, I think that, like, the idea of mythological weapons is so interesting, too, though, because it's, like, so often... I, I love the idea that so often in, in lore and mythology, too, it's, like, ultimately part of the lore is, like, the weapons being lost, yeah. which... Which I love. I do love the idea that these amazing weapons eventually just, like, kind of get, you know, lost track of after a while. Because gods, they're just like us. Where did you put the keys? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but then, you know, it kind of getting into, like, Lou's sword is, like, a pretty iconic weapon. Like, almost Excalibur vibes. Yeah, definitely Excalibur vibes, for sure um Excalibur of course you know being completely fictional uh fictional versus mythological I mean that's really kind of one of those like potato 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 but um you know I do love the Excalibur vibe and kind of going into the the fiction of it all one of my favorite 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 fictional sort of weapons is I, I think do, do you want to guess what I'm going to say Oh my god, do I want to guess what you're going to say? I'm like, I have to think about this now because I was not prepared. I mean, if if you're not going to say Excalibur, because I love the sword and the stone telling. The oh, yeah. fucking cartoon oh, yeah. with, like, gay wizard. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, here's what I will say. Um, it's from the Magicians, and it is... Oh my god, it's it's what's her face's axes. Yeah, sorrow and sorrow. Sorrow and sorrow. Um, oh my god, why am I blanking? Because her name is different in the book and it's stupid. Janet. Janet. I hate that her name is Janet. 
in the I mean, Mar- Margot is a cooler name. Margot Margo is, is cooler. Margot Hansen is a cooler name than Janet Plachinski or whatever. But I, I love the way in the show they, like, do the very, like, traditional mythological journey for her to get the axes. Yes, yes. Like, that's really fun. Um, I, Her axes are are badass. I, like, they're I, really cool. But I, I do kind of love, there's, like, this quip. Um, You know, she goes through all of this stuff, and then it turns out it was a hoax. So then she just kills the main guy out in the desert. Yeah. Um, I love, and I've, I've got to look it up, but the, the Death Helm. So, Akatar readers, in the newest book, A Court of Silver Flames... That is told from the perspective of Nesta, the very cruel oldest sister. She gets this really cool weapon that's like a death helm that lets her raise the dead who become like her soldiers. Oh, so she's a, ne- she's a necromancer. Yeah, it's like one of these things where there's like multiple, like, like I think it's like three different weapons that were all kind of like crafted. And when you put them together, you know, in traditional mythology way, when their powers are combined you kind mm. of become unstoppable. But then there's also in the original Akatar series, like the first three, there's Truth Teller, which is Asriel's um Asriel's knife. And then you find out that the sword that's paired with it is in Crescent City. And those blades are like super badass and very cool. So I mean just like some modern fiction again if we're like talking magicians. I actually do like some of the stuff that Sarah J. Mass does with with weapons, particularly in Crescent City, because whatever, unpopular opinion, I love Crescent City more than the Akatar series because I think Bryce is an infinitely more interesting heroine. So at me, whatever. I I love Bryce and Rune Dannon is my literary boyfriend. So cute. Okay, <laughs> but no, uh the the quip, the quip, I just really quickly, the quip that Margot does where she tells the story of how she got the axes and uh and she's like you you know what i call this one sorrow you know what i call the other one sorrow they're they're identical i can't tell them apart (laughs) (laughs) i do i love that it's if if y'all haven't read the magicians please read it and then watch the show because the the last season of the show like whatever you don't have to because they did a weird thing at the end of the penultimate season where they did something that was way off book but the show is still i think very much worth watching it's very i mean it's it's still good yeah it's still good but you know read that read those books honey yeah they're so good and they're quick it's like i have mine are all like damp from reading in the bath because i'm like they're a great bath read oh iconic yeah um okay so now we're gonna get into it um sort of our ncaa bracket style battle royale yeah look at us being sporty spice over here oh we're so sporty spice um so um we're having a battle royale and it's gonna be all of the zodiacs versus their sister signs um we're gonna discuss the merits of each and uh, we're gonna bracket them up we're going to bracket them up. Yeah. So full moon babies, welcome to our entire existence. Truly. truly. 
no and this this i thought was kind of like again um you know maybe this is coming across as a buzzfeed listicle but whatever it's fun whatever it's fun i'm a millennial i, I eat shit like that up yeah Ooh. and i cannot wait i swear to god if y'all do not give us your opinions on this i'm gonna be so disappointed in you because this was made to interact with nick you should write like we should draw out the bracket and post it on our stories so people absolutely, can like absolutely. get into it um, oh my god this so is fun. i think starting with first sign of the zodiac moi um so Aries versus Libra. Okay, this feels I'm going to can I give my opinion? I no, yeah, you're supposed to. You're supposed okay, to. Okay, good. I feel like this one is tricky because I think that in a straight out fight Aries wins, but I think Libra would poison the water that you were drinking before the fight. I also, okay, but here's my thing too. I do think Libra would fight dirty. Yeah, Libra seems like an underhanded bitch, and I love that for her. I do love that for her, but here's what I will also say, because I feel the same way about Taurus. I think if it came down to, like, that Venusian energy, if you were to go for someone a Libra loved... Oh, yeah. They would not hold back, and you would know that they are sister signs with Aries. Yeah. But, you know, if we're doing a cage match, I think Aries wins. Yeah, I think that that's the thing. If we're looking at this just as a straight-out cage match, definitely Aries. IRL, if we're talking about having, like, the long game, I think Libra is going to fucking take you out by, like, death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> She's going to you. I think if we bring motivation into it, because I think Aries talks a lot about fighting. Yeah, I've met you. Um, You know, one of my most used phrases is, do you want to fight me? But... Also, I, I cannot stay mad longer than, like, three minutes because I have ADD. Um, and also, um, the threat of fighting really is all the release that I need. Yeah, and that's fair. That's very fair. So, for this one, I do say, um, I'm inclined to say Aries wins. I would also say, uh... An Aries moon. Oh, yeah. I would not fuck with an Aries moon. They can get mean. I mean, look, we've talked about my favorite short king, the Gemini with the Aries fucking moon, Killian Murphy. Oh, yeah. Could oh, murder yeah. you. Could I believe that you. he could murder you. Could and I would you. love every last second of my life. But yeah, it's a terrifying combination. <laughs> Okay, so, um, Taurus, Scorpio. Okay, so I know that Scorpio is traditionally a Mars sign, but... Right. As someone who is married to a person with their Mars and Taurus, and I have my Mars and Virgo, my vote is actually on Taurus here, because I think Scorpio is a long-game murderer. Like, I think Scorpio is an assassin in the night, but I think that the bull in a fucking cage match is gonna gouge your fucking eyes out. Oh, I I one hundred percent have my money on Taurus too. Um, yeah. As someone with a lot of family members who are Tauruses, I wouldn't fuck with those people, y'all. No, no. My 
I do love though that my Eric being a Taurus Mars and me being a Virgo Mars, anytime we are like in public, we'll just yell, we're fighting now. And we're never <laughs> fighting because we like just talk through stuff heatedly. Um, <laughs> but we do, if if you've ever been in public around me and Eric, we've we've started doing this thing in the last few years where we're just like, are we fighting? We're fighting now <laughs> when we have any sort of disagreement and it's very fun. But yeah, Taurus, those bull's horns are gonna gore you. Yeah, no. Hun Hundo P. Hundo P. Um, so that does bring us to Gemini Sag. This one I was thinking was gonna be the hardest one. Two very chaotic signs. Two very chaotic signs. But can I just say, actually here I'm putting my money on Sagittarius. Now he, what I will say, I think Sagittarius is a lover not a fighter and i will also say um the gemini's i have known are all so feisty they're feisty but i've so my argument here though is i feel like sagittarius can focus up and mm -hmm. like hit you in the pain points like yeah. that, I think is the problem for Gemini because I feel like Gemini's like bouncy mercurial nature would put them at a disadvantage in a cage match. And then you've got like Sagittarius over here, which is a fucking fiery bitch. Like well, and, and and we also just have to talk about um, you know, sort of that Sagittarian proclivity for long legs. Oh my god. Also, can I just have to say my sister is a Sagittarius and has the best legs of our family. Morgan has the best legs for they days. Do, it's their thing. It's their thing. They're horse people. Yeah. And um, it's true. I've never met a Sagittarius that doesn't have gams that make me want to murder. Nick included. You and your Sag moon. Nick oh, has yeah. great legs. I, I do. Thank you so much. Uh, so, and you know, I do like a high kick. I do like a high kick. So, yeah, yeah you know, it's like, I think... I think Sag wins. It's a narrow victory because those. Yes, yes, I, they're very I, evenly matched. I think they're they're sort of evenly matched. I think you know it's like. Um, have you seen that um, Atsuko Okatsuka special yet on HBO? I haven't. Anyway, so in it, she's describing a break-in that happened at her house and how her husband just did this sort of weird interpretive dance at the guy to scare him away. Um, and I do think, you know, sometimes coming at a situation with crazy. It, it It's true. Sometimes that works. Uh, you know, it's like on Pokemon. It's like Pikachu hurt itself in its confusion. <laughs> yeah, I think the problem is I think Gemini could use that on a lot of other people, but not Sagittarius. But not Sagittarius. Because okay. Sagittarius is like, fuck off. <laughs> Um, all right, so we are just moving right along. Cancer v. Capricorn. I think this one's pretty easy. Capricorn. I think Capricorn wins. Yeah, hands down. Sorry, Cancer babies. Y'all are too soft. Yeah, you're soft boys, and we love you for it. But this isn't your arena. No. And, like, it's, like, sorry. Like, really, like, sorry, you know? Um, so that brings us to, though, Leo Aquarius. 
my money's on Aquarius. Now, I think so, too, because I don't see Leo as much of a fighter. I see Leo preening around the arena too much. Yeah, yeah. And then Aquarius is, like, just coming up behind him and slitting their throat as the Leo is fucking, like, peacocking. Peacocking. No, because I think um, you do see a lot of, like, very fit Leos, but they're doing it to look good. It's vanity muscles. It's vanity muscles, for sure. Not practical. And I just think that, like, again, Aquarius, speaking of being, like, a little conniving and a little underhanded, it's, I, I think Aquarius handily takes this battle. I, 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 I agree. I agree. I also think Aquarius would train harder. Yeah. 100%. I think, like, martial arts training is one of those things that I could see an Aquarius taking it, it very seriously. It's that Saturnian vibe. Like, as someone who Saturn is my chart ruler, it's that idea of, like, boundaries, but also understanding the long game. Like, Saturn is so good at the long game, so it's, like, Aquarius training is, like, it's, like, getting to, like, a black belt, as opposed to the Leo having good traps. Right, right, right. Okay. So last, the last set here, the last set here, and then I'm going to draw the bracket really quickly and we're going to do round two. We are, we're going to do, we're going to do, we're doing the Zodiac Battle Royale. Um, Virgo and Pisces. Pisces. I think Virgo because Virgo is ruthless. And this is the thing that I think is very true about Virgo and Pisces that I love seeing on the like astrology memes is that Virgo and Pisces are the sister signs that everyone thinks is really nice, but are actually super cold hearted and kind yeah. of mean. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like, and this is from my own inner turmoil. It's like Pisces is a dreamer. Pisces gets its feelings hurt. Virgo does the hurting. Uh, I, yes. No, absolutely. I, you know, and like, not even in a mean way, but Pisces, I just don't think has it in them. They're another soft boy. Like, I see Pisces, like, in an actual fight, kind of curling up in a ball and dissociating. Yeah. Um, and it's like, good luck winning a cage match from the astral plane or wherever it is you guys go. Um. <laughs> right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like, <clears throat> again, Pisces is wonderful. I love my Pisces moon. This is not its arena. No. Okay, so... Um, just a quick recap, um, doing my little bracket here. My God, if Google Documents will let me. Okay, so we had Aries. Okay. Libra's out. Libra's for sure out. Bye, girl. So, oh my gosh. Yes, here we go. Sagittarius. Oh, wait. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. We had Taurus. And Sagittarius. Yeah. And Capricorn. Yeah, all the Earth signs came through, which is not surprising to me, actually. Yeah, all the all the Earth signs made it through. Um two out of three fire signs. Not bad. Not bad. No, from your like 
from the lava co-hosts of this podcast. Uh, truly, truly. Um, Aquarius. And then Virgo. Yeah. Virgo. Am I right? Virgo. Oh, you are right. Everyone knows that a Virgo is a lady in the streets, but a freak in the bed. Okay. <laughs> so round two. Um, oh, this is, th- these are some interesting, these are some interesting pairings. So that gives us Aries versus Taurus. Oh, fuck. You know, I'm going to have to say, like, Aries is the god of war. I'm giving it to Aries because I think that, like, Taurus is methodical, but speaking of winning with crazy. Yeah. Like, I think that Aries can go super sane. Yeah. You know, I, I will also say um, a lot of the Taurians I know in their day-to-day lives, Are you know, like. stoner chilies. Like, sweet, sweet, chill stoners who love food. And all that weed and junk food is really going to, like. Slow you down. It's going to slow you down. So I agree. I agree. Um, okay. So Aries makes it through, um, which gives us, um, interestingly enough, Sag versus Capricorn. This is a hard one. So it's like, what, Jupiter v. Jupiter? I think it's, uh, it's Jupiter v. Saturn. Oh, yeah. Jupiter v. Saturn. I, you know, I'm going to have to go Capricorn on this one. Mostly I, I, because I think Capricorns are mean. Capricorns are much meaner than people think. Yeah. Yeah, um, what I will say is it, it is kind of the same as the last one. Like, a lot of the Sagittarians I know are kind of like chill stoners. I don't think they've got it in them as much as a Capricorn to just fuck shit up in this in this cage match we're having. Yeah, a Capricorn, I feel like, is a fight to the death type sign. Like, they're not going to give it in. <laughs> Okay, so Sag is out. Sag is out of the ring. Uh, which does leave us with Aquarius v. Virgo. Oh my god, okay, why are all of my big three fighting each other? <laughs> Can we just take a second? Um, You know, okay, I feel like Aquarius would take it because they would be able to use the element of surprise on analytical Virgo. I think so. Um, also, I mean... My thing with Virgo is that they would be a little lost if things did not go according to their plan. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and I, that is my life. But also I do, I I think the chaos (laughs) energy of Aquarius is really like getting at that Achilles heel of the Virgo. I know it's like, I know Aquarius is Saturnian, but we also all know they're aliens. So so, uh, final three. Um, I, I guess I didn't really think uh, about this as a bracket. Um, but fuck it. We'll say Aries moves to the final round automatically because this is my bracket. So, Cap, Capricorns versus Aquariuses. Saturn v. Saturn. Saturn v. Saturn. I'm gonna have to go with the sea goat. 
Yeah. I Star think the seagoat takes it. I think Aquarius put up a good fight with this one. Um, they did make it to the final three, and that's honestly such an honor just to just to make it to the final, you know? But yeah, I just feel like Capricorn is the general. Yeah. So so sorry to the Aquariuses out there. Um, which gives us Capricorn versus Aries. This is a really hard one. Now, I will say, I personally think Capricorn takes this one because Aries is um, quick to temper, but also quick to kind of give up. Yeah, I think that, really, I think what we're seeing here is the drive of Capricorn. Yeah, I think the drive of Capricorn carries them through. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right, so I think we have our champion. I, yeah, Boom. and in it's the Capricorn. In the Battle Royale, Capricorn takes it. Um, you know, just thanks to, thanks to everyone for coming to our hunger style games. <laughs> well, and I love this. It's perfect because <clears throat> we'll do our asks at the end, I think, because I got Capricorn for today's taroscope. Oh, congratulations, Capricorn. Um, and for you, I got the reverse two of crystals uh, in my macabre tarot deck, which is like this. There's a super cute like little the artwork I really like. Um, so the two of crystals, which is associated with the two of pentacles, but I got it in reverse. So what I'm feeling for y'all is that you are spreading yourselves too thin. Capricorn. It's January. You don't have to do everything this month. I know you're high achieving, but like, edit. <laughs> Y'all need to edit. You need That's, to take an editing eye. You need to take an editing eye. Because you're like, you're, you don't want to half-ass a bunch of things. You want a whole ass, like, one thing, right? And y'all are great and super, like, big boss baby energy, but, like, you're going to start dropping some of these balls you got in the air if you don't put a few down. Someone's taking their New Year's resolutions a little too seriously. That's what I'm feeling. So that's that's it. I mean, it's a short, sweet taroscope. Mostly because I'm like, I know a lot of Capricorns. And I'm like, y'all know what I mean. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I mean, I also know a lot of Capricorns. And it's like, yeah. Do, like, like, say less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I guess our asks, uh, well, rate, let's review, do, subscribe. Yeah, rate, review, subscribe, once and Franz pod um, at gmail.com. Instagram is at once and Franz pod. Very active on there. Um, don't really get a shit ton of emails. I'd love to get an email. Um, I think I'm going to try to figure out how to post um, a little a little battle royale on the instagram for when the episode comes out um you definitely should so we could do sort of a voter bracket and then we can see how it matches up how it matches up so i feel like we should do it before we release the episode so we can get their input before we give ours well and i definitely i have i have a good amount of free time tomorrow like i have one sort of short obligation in the evening but yeah i i think i'll go ahead and set that up uh and we'll see if the instagram pps come to the same conclusion come to the same conclusions 
um, but with that being said, what do we say to all those cage match fighting warrior bitches? Oh my god, to all you feisty warrior bitches. Blessed be bitches. Blessed be bitches. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye now. This is a hard one because I want to talk about it and it's got fun history, but I'm also like, oh, but it's like super, super deadly. So, <laughs> um, Willow, stop. So it's like, I have to be, I'm like, there's that, uh, that tension between like wanting to talk about this cool plant and also being like, we should be responsible because we have an audience. 